Hey guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, and uh, yeah, we're at episode seven of season alpha. And I did say we're going to finish strong at the end of the season. We've got three more episodes after this. Um, and I wasn't lying. Uh, today I'm bringing you a world leader on innovative business. And that is, of course, Beth Heath from Shropshire Festivals. Um, been on the show a couple of times, but every time I speak to Beth, we learn something new. Um, this the, the, the industry that Beth is in is always changing and evolving, and uh, I wanted to learn about uh, what Shropshire Festivals have been up to for the last year or so and what we can expect from the year coming forward. So this was a great opportunity. So thank you, Beth, for doing this interview. Um, I, uh, Timmy was having a play date with... Um, with Beth's son, and uh, so that was natural. I just picked him up, did an interview, and then we went home. It was wonderful. Um, thank you to everybody for tuning into last week's episode uh, with Sarah from Socks UK. The comments we had and the reactions to that episode were absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much to everybody that listened to that, commented, and took a bit of time out to say, give us a pat on the back for that. But that fully deserves... Um, to go to uh, Sarah herself. She was a wonderful guest. She was very honest with her story. And I do genuinely believe that she's inspired a lot of people with her story on The Biscuit. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you to everyone that listened. It really was, I think, one of the best interviews we've done in a while. So thank you. Right, I'm not going to hang around too long. I'll catch you guys at the end of this one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Beth Heath. hit record just like that it's easy yeah just like just that yeah um so today uh, i have a great guest um that uh, you know is uh, a world leading um organizer of events according to a world leader um an article that i was reading recently also the lady who's responsible for me having lots of pink cups in my kitchen you're welcome it's <laughs> let me just put is that working go on everybody needs pink cups in their kitchens I saw you at an event with my cup, so I was very pleased that you're taking the brand out there. I love those cups. They're, they're really handy. <laughs> yeah, Any, but they look great as well, you know. Anyone with kids ought to have a collection that they've stolen from an event and uh, in their kitchen. I'm quite happy when I see people with them on their bedside cabinets, wake up every morning and see my brand. I'm all right with that. It's good that the, the branding is on point. You can look at it and be like, oh, that, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, this is the first time we've had you on since post-COVID, possibly? I mean, unless it's been at an event. Yeah, and and when you're at an event, it's hard to, like, pinpoint you and grab you. And I don't have many brain cells at an event either. I chatted to people, and I don't actually know what I'm talking about because usually my ear is talking to me about something else. So I do probably maybe make more sense in real life. <laughs> um, what do you, what you think is a better version of you, the one that's planning an event or the one that's at an event? I think that I have several different people that are Beth and it depends on what time of year it is and where I am. So I think that if you ask some of my best friends, they probably prefer the version that is in February and is more calm. If we're in event season, um, my team will tell me I make decisions faster, but I don't probably think about those decisions quite as much. So do you think you, you function better when you're planning an event, like you're, you're, you're trying to like work things out because it's quite earlier in the year and there's nothing around you? Well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Except <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I'd promised my team I wouldn't do anything new this year and we have several new things up our sleeves. So um, 
Am I more trouble at this time of year? Probably. Trouble. But I maybe plan things a little bit more. Whereas when we're in event season, I just go, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we just lob stuff into the pile. But we have lots of meetings at this time of year. And I see lots of people. And the best thing about my job is people. And so... If I can meet people and hatch plans and make Shropshire a really amazing place that it is, then that's my favourite thing to do. At an event site, I'm a bit scatty. Yeah. I'm actually talking to people because I can't, my brain's got too many things in it and it kind of falls out my ears. I think I got used to Festival Beth and this Beth that I'm speaking to right now because I know not to expect a, an interview simply because you're like... You're making sure the toilets are okay, which is your favourite thing to do. <laughs> You're making sure this is going on over here. You're on a segue sometimes up and down things. You've got leaflets. You've got all sorts going on. You've got radio going on at the same time. I appreciate that, though. It's yeah. nice to see that. That's heroic for me. That's somebody that's going up there and looking after their baby and making sure it's working well, you know? Yeah, and then today, our babies are just playing in the garden. So actually, yeah. that's a lot easier, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think lots of people are different versions of themselves. And I think being conscious of you at each of the versions that you are is quite an important place to be. Yeah. I feel like me behind a microphone is the best version. I won't say the best version of me. This is the one I enjoy the most. Yeah. Because I'm more confident, more talkative, and I've got a goal to attain. So I'm a bit more smooth. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And me giving a sponsorship presentation is a different Beth to me in my office when we're eating lots of chocolate today and or me on an event site there's very different personas that will come out of that and I think that's important but I think it's important to be aware that you're probably a split personality too <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Two-Face you know be like an absolute megalomaniac one minute <laughs> um you're a well-seasoned pro now you've been doing this for such a long time um I remember the, the the last interview we did here was the day the, the cooling towers came down. My goodness, that was years ago. Because we were doing the interview, like, should we go and do the thing? And we were, before I know it, we were hopping over fences and walking over, we were doing all sorts, and then we watched that. That was amazing, that was. Um, but since that moment, what is, what's changed with Shropshire Festivals? What have you taken out? What have you added? Okay, so a bit like the cooling towers, we had COVID happen, and our world <laughs> fell down. Um, and so... I think we learned a lot from that point and we learned not to be, I wouldn't say we were cocky before, but we probably didn't take into account the risk factors as much as we did before. You're taking a picture of me while I'm chatting. That's really not fair. For some reason, I'll take a picture of that, what's going on here and I'll show you and I had no idea. What was that? It went like pink all around. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I didn't even press a button to do that. I don't know why it's done that. I've taken over your phone. (laughs) I was got black backdrop that's why uh, uh, yeah i always take pictures as people are going yeah. get those i'll make sure they're okay with you before i leave don't worry um so yeah you're taking things out you're putting things in um, um yeah so we've we've kind of slimmed down shropshire festivals this year um and we've taken out some of the things so i think the last couple of years pre- after covid were hard anyone that says coming out of covid wasn't difficult is lying we learned a lot if I could replay time, I would have COVID again because it taught us such a lot of lessons. I think anyone that has a business, the hard things are the lessons that you learn. And so make, letting them, actually digesting them is important. We've slimmed down. We've got rid of Kids Fest. It didn't make us any money. Things that don't make us any money are going. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're a business and we have to make money. No point being sentimental. 
It's going to make you broke. <laughs> it's really hard because we do events because we love them. And yeah. every single festival that we've started has been an event that me or a member of my family wants to do. The kids bloody love Kids Fest. I love Kids Fest. Seeing thousands of small children running around with massive smiles on their faces is what makes my heart sing. Um, but at the bottom line, I have to pay my staff. They have to pay their mortgages and have to feed their own families. I have to feed my family. Mm. If something doesn't make us money, all it's doing is using up time and headspace and our resources that could be used on something else. I think at the end of the day, we're a business like any other business and you can't pay your bills if you don't make any money. From the outside looking in, um, the, the Kids Fest looks like the one with the most move, moving parts because it's got like, you've got the the arena to look after, the parking, you've got the, the staff, you've got all the vendors that are there, the people that are inside it, the food. And I mean, that looks like an incredibly difficult event to put together. You know? Kids Fest is an interesting one because it's the one that costs us them a lot because we're having to pay for every single one of those elements to be there. Whereas at Food Festival, the storeholders are coming along and so they're promoting their own businesses and so it's very different food festival is actually the one with the most moving parts and the hardest one to do out of all of the festivals we do but food festivals are my background and so i think you probably have to surgically remove me from that festival to stop me doing it because mm. there's a lot of beth blood sweat and tears that have run through that um kids fest it might make a comeback one day and if anyone's listening and they've got a business that really wants to be a headline sponsor mm. of a kids festival and you want to put your name out there in the local community i would love to run that again so you'd love to partner up with someone to do it yeah oh if somebody would pay to make it happen then we'll 100 percent deliver it is there is when it comes to festivals like that, is there a lot of collaboration with other big businesses in shropshire that will help you prop up the fees and things we have sponsors and without the sponsors my business wouldn't be viable yeah. um so these the exhibitors and the people coming in they are the bread and butter they can't i can't run my business just off them yeah much as people would love to abuse the fact that we have to charge people to come into the quarry or whatever else i lose 20 percent of that straight to the vat man and it doesn't go anywhere close how do you deal with that because i've seen those comments i'm like oh come on it's cold chill (laughs) i i do scream a little bit inside and cry a little bit inside because those same people don't go into starbucks and ask them why they're charging three pound fifty for a coffee which is basically they could make at home which would cost them pence yeah they're not abusing them for that same information we're just a business that's trying to make money like anybody else and i choose to put mine in the public arena which makes me more likely to get abuse off people um sometimes i reply to them and then delete the reply and it makes me feel a lot better um i don't i've done that before listen to me you little twit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and some of them i leave on there so some of them i'll reply to and i'll leave them out there in the public arena where i'll outline how much our security costs how much our rent costs how many things that we actually have to do how much my security dog and my bomb dog and all of the extra things that people don't appreciate the fact that we have to refence we have to fence the quarry that we have to have staff on the gate for the whole time we've got all those people on first aid and the things that make the event safe for their, them and their families to come into is what costs us an awful lot of money. Um, have you ever changed a naysayer's mind? Have you ever had people go, oh, I used to hate the, the food festival, but I went there and it's really nice, actually. Yeah. They're never going to tell me, are they, that type of person? And this is the thing. People don't talk about the successful things. They only complain about the things they want to yeah, learn about, they, right? And that's mad. And I'm all right with it. You know, we had 20-odd thousand people come through the quarry last year for the food festival, and I think we had one complaint, and that was about the park ride. So I'm all right with that. Um, and there will be people who moan about it behind closed doors. And you know what? I can't keep the whole world happy. And I think my skin has got a lot thicker over the last 20 years of running events. And I just, we're doing our job at the end of the day, like anybody else who opens a shop door yeah. 
and there will be some people that come in that haven't been happy with the service or haven't been happy with anything. We put on a flipping brilliant event. If it rains, that is not my fault. <laughs> if you got wet on the way home or your trainers were ruined, not my fault, run a field. You know, there's some things that I cannot change and there's some people who are going to moan regardless of what I do. And you have got like a heart of gold when it comes to like the people around you, the people you're trying to help and the people that do enter the event. So I remember the one year, I think I started, I owe you 40 quid, I just remembered. Because you, we came to an event and I was like, oh, Wi-Fi's down, can't get any food. And you're like, yeah. And you give me some money to get some food. And I was like, wow, and you are such a caring person. You've looked after me and so many, I was speaking to Sarah from Socks UK uh, and, um, and Kay Gunner as well. She's a big part of what, they love what you do. And, you know, they get the opportunity to, to flaunt what they do and be who they want to be. And, yeah, well, that's what, one of the reasons for doing it. You know, I've been on the other side of the fence. I've been an exhibitor and it's really very hard. Yeah. And actually, if we can provide a really good sales environment for those people, that's really important. On the wall up there, we've got a million smiles um, that the girls bought me because one of the reasons we do this business and when I went through a lot of business coaching stuff, we realised that we weren't doing this just for the money. We were doing this because we love making people smile. We were just talking about this with the, the biscuit, you know, that I do this because I genuinely love this. I love mm. finding out about people's stories and having these conversations with people because it's something that drives me. Oh, uh, hugely. And when we're talking to people now about whether you want to become a sponsor or please get involved with the festivals or do something, um, then it is really hard to make them understand that actually the community and social responsibility part of what we do is absolutely huge. We work with loads of charities. We raise thousands of pounds for charity every year. Um, We don't shout about that enough. There's so many things that we do that we don't go, oh, we're doing that. And it's very hard because you don't want to always be on social going, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. There's a lot of businesses out there that oh, are struggling. Oh, look at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I sometimes feel when we put up a post, you know, my team are flipping amazing. I've got an amazing team that support me. But sometimes I look at a post and go, does it look like we're bragging? We're not. We're really proud sometimes that we're a tiny, tiny business that started off from absolutely nothing um, and are doing what we're doing and employing people in the county. And I couldn't be prouder of it really um but you never want to be the one that's kind of going oh we helped this or we raised this much for charity or we did this for whoever but i will always take time out to help somebody because so many people have helped me along the way um you know there's there's lots of people who may or may not listen to this but you know that the, the, you know the nick joneses the mandy thorns of the world oh, yes who have just kind of taken their time out to help me and to give me advice and i think without that type of person I wouldn't have had the confidence to do what we're doing and actually to put ourselves on the line. You know, we live in the county and we intend on living in this county until I die. And so my reputation in the county has to be secure and I'm happy with what we're putting out there for the kids and everything else. So, yeah, it's a bit scary, a bit deep maybe, but yeah. No, no, I, no, I think that's great because, you know, you've got you've to look where you came from. Yeah. And you've got to be able to move forward at the same time. And Nick Jones is a, is a geezer. I love him. He's yeah. brilliant. He's fantastic. Um, and, you know, with, with Kids Fest going, has that helped strengthen you as well? Because I mean, you are sentimental about things. I yeah. know that. And we've just talked about it. It's gone. Um, but for now, um, so that's a really tough decision to make, right? And you did it. Yeah, really tough decision to make. And actually, um, 2024 is about saying no more. Um, so actually, um, we'll do that more. But we, we've got so much more corporate work coming in. And that is, for me, 
the best thing ever because we get to put on parties my team still gets paid even if it rains um, and we can do the very best to deliver someone else's dream and all we like doing is putting on parties much to my husband's disgust um, I always want to have a party have um, you got a top three sort of corporate events that you like to do we like to be told we really want to have a festival party for a thousand people for 600 people for 300 people I want to have a festival vibe to it I, I don't want it to be boring I want the staff to really enjoy it you know, just give us that brief and a budget and we will go to town with that. Um, I like to be told that I want to have a staff party like no no one's ever done before. Brilliant. Bring it on. We're doing a 60th birthday party next week, which is essentially that. Make it so all my friends smile. Okay, oh. brilliant. We can do that. Um, and those are the ones that will make us really happy here and really get our imaginations going because there's lots of things that no one's ever thought of before. And actually, if you want a theme or just want a really good knees up or with a really good band and you want to have a festival, then have your own festival because why shouldn't you? One of our favourite tra- traditions at the food festival is, you know, because I, I do, I, I'll turn up with microphones and we'll go around do interviews. And, but then we always take like a moment in the middle where we go and get a pizza or we go and get something from Wild Burger or something like that. Wild Street Burger, I should say. Make sure you check them out. Wild Street wonderful. Kitchen, amazing. Wild Street Kitchen, there we go. Um, they are fantastic food. Anyway, we grab food. We sit down and we sit and just take the music in. And Timmy will be out for dancing or doing yep. what the Timmy does. It's so I spend 10 minutes at every festival um, and the team, I'm, I'm off radio, leave me alone for 10 minutes. And I, it's usually about three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday and then the same again on a Sunday. And I will just walk. I will stand at the top of the hill and everyone's sunbathing and smiling and dancing. And there's lots of people around and I will literally go we did this and try and do that with Sid sometimes he's mending something but try and get the pair of us um to actually go oh my god we did it again and every single festival at Oktoberfest I'll stand at the back of the stage so I can see the crowd bouncing and that is the best feeling ever um there's so much positivity coming off people and they're having a great time and we made it happen Sometimes it's nice to sit there watching people enjoying themselves. I remember last October first I came to you, I sat with Andy McEwen doing his uh, his light stuff at the side of the stage and we were chatting away like we normally do. Once we start, we just have a really hard to stop with me and Andy McEwen. It's nice. And uh, just watching everybody go absolutely mad. I was taking pictures, recording videos and that was really nice. And then I got stuck in myself, jumping around yeah. like an idiot, you know, because uh, Jason August, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a really good band line up as well this year. I, I do the same. So I must admit, if I'm on my way to somewhere, I sometimes walk right through the centre of the dance floor and just jump around a bit as I'm on my way to wherever it is I'm going, um, just because I can. And um, yeah, it... There's, there's lots of really cool things that happen as part of the business, but we've also got an amazing team behind the scenes, like my marketing and PR guys. I've got lots of clients that we look after on a regular basis that no one even knows that we do that kind of stuff. And we never really shout about it because we've got enough customers and they're our favourite people in the world because each of their businesses is really exciting. So we don't just get to play in our own business, we get to help lots of other people too. And you're really good at sort of pushing people as well. Do you want to go and do this? You, you, you empower people. Why don't you, have you tried doing this? Why don't we do this? You, you guys think outside the box. I mean, you help me a lot with getting the studio and the parade, which I'll always be grateful for. We're making use of the empty units. That was really, really nice. And you were like, yeah, go and do it. Go and do it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. There's never any reason to say no. no. And at the moment, we've got a couple of good opportunities come up for us, um, which will become more apparent in the next few months ahead if we say yes to them all. And um, my team are like, oh, God, Beth, just Another no. Um, 
it's a, it's a segue for us, so it's complete off the wall that you wouldn't probably expect Shropshire Festival. Is this what you were talking to me about before? Yeah, that we can't Might talk be. about. I know, I know, I know a little bit about it, but we can't stay on the biscuit. Um, obviously, Shropshire is mostly rural, lots of rural towns, um, but there's also some big town ideas. I mean, how do you, how do you balance it out with the things that happens in the city, uh, things that happen rurally, and make it all happen in one place? That's so it's like easy, easily balanced. In what way? Do you research things that go on in the city compared to things oh, yeah. that happen rurally? Yeah, so we, we spend a lot of time each summer kind of visiting other things and getting some ideas. And this year, we're doing... Shifnal Town Council have taken us on and we're doing some really cool stuff in Shifnal. Oh. And some of that's been inspired by things that we've seen elsewhere. So May Day, if you're a Maypole dancer, please get in contact. Maypole dancing, I didn't realise quite... That's Maypole dancers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll be doing a May Day event in Shifnal. Shaky shimmy. Yeah. Um, and oh. I've got to buy a Maypole. And we'll also <laughs> be doing a history trail, which won't just be any old history trail. This is, I don't think Shropshire sometimes has enough. And I'm putting it out there, anyone who's listening, that we need more stuff for kids to do in Shropshire um and we're doing a history trail which will be like a treasure trail but it'll be free to access throughout Shropshire Shrewsbury just Shifnal for now I would love to do more of them around the place um because you can have stories happening as part of it which means that your kids will go on a walk with you for two hours because they've got stuff to do and it becomes interesting anyway the launch day of that will have the live characters did you know that Shifnal had the biggest victorian bank robbery in the uk really no kidding so i know this is shrewsbury biscuit but good to know oh we love shropshire yeah and then we're also doing events for apple farm shop so we're redoing all their nature trail for them um and we've got some other bits and pieces coming up over summer and flower fields was flipping amazing last year so yeah when you say we take inspiration of things that will happen in a city like the history trail i did in a city and i went this is really cool why are we not doing this in towns in shrewsbury in shropshire and so we pitched it and we got it and there'll be an ale trail in shifnal as well so nice i mean we've got iron bridge and shrewsbury here and bits of telford as well lots of history there shift obviously yeah <laughs> knew the Shifnal, honestly when we started googling it i was like no. well we were watching the last kingdom on netflix one of our favorite shows and um i was been on a history rabbit hole as you do looking for stuff and i realized that the greek church by me just by off otley road is one of the oldest historical um religious places in europe no way because four and a half thousand years they built the church on top of it that's nuts well we went on a a tour of the prison this week and seriously if you haven't done it have you you've obviously been around it prison tour prison tours lots of you used to be in it it's working yeah yeah and um oh we had so much fun i've done one before but i haven't had a guided one i don't think and we did an escape room and i escaped just saying um (laughs) but there's a few of your team still there like (laughs) let me out (laughs) i went with family i had actually had a day had a few days off um so we went and did it and it was brilliant we also went to bliss hill Another brilliant day out. So. I think that's one of those places you've got to visit regularly. Every, every year or so, every couple of years, you've got to go More than every in. couple of years. Have you had their fish and chips? They're really good. <laughs> They're always changing things as well there. They always yeah. have something different going on. Well, we do. We built their sandpit for them during last summer. Nice. And we do other, a few other bits and pieces for Bliss Hill. And it's on our doorstep here, so. It's one of, one of the constants that's always existed ever since I was in school. You know, go make a candle or go to the chip shop. or Chippy and the pub when they have a sing-song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I think visiting once a year to any of the places locally should be compulsory. For yeah, all it should be a, a tourist in your own county, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you like, we're, we're going to France in a few weeks' time, and I'm Googling what to do there, and I'm like, oh, I think we can do that locally to us. Why have I never done it? 
I do a lot of workout in Ludlow now, um, but the first time I actually went to Ludlow was for the food festival, which I know is, you got a big background in, um, which way started. And um, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, there's a castle here, walk around the corner, and there it is, this massive castle. You know, you, I've, I've never been to Ludlow before. I've never seen how amazing it is. Have you never been to Ludlow? I have now. I work out there now, and um, the food festival is fantastic. But that castle is phenomenal. To have oh, the that castle's massive beautiful. like that in your town. When I, used to, when I used to work at the food festival, I used to take the big key, and I phone my mum and I'm just like, I'm just locking up my castle, mum. And uh, I'm just being like Princess Beth um, and lock up the castle. It was really good fun. And it's a really, really special place that if you cut me all the way through, I've probably got Ludlow right at the centre of me still because it mm. taught me such a lot about what we do now and about the kind of values of food and drink and things like that are all kind of there from those days. I was, uh, we, did the, we did, like I said, we did the food festival with the biscuit last year and I mentioned you to the team. Just knock my mic over. Stands very temperamental, um, and yeah, good vibes. Yeah. And this, that's one of the one of the good segues that working with other collaborating with other festival organisers. I mean, we've got best of all that happens here, Ludlow Food Festival. So much going on. Do you guys get together now? And again? Yeah, you got you. you no. <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of we chat, and so everybody knows everybody. Um, back in the day, probably pre-COVID, I really wanted to set up a festivals together kind of group. I think we've got better buying power. If Ultimate all, festival. If we all did things together, no, not to actually organise things together, but just to share best practice and things like that. Oh um, well, yeah. And yeah. actually, Shrewsbury are Shrewsbury Town Council are way ahead of their time on this, so they are bringing together all of the organisers that do stuff in Shrewsbury and we do desktop exercises off the back of things like the Flower Show Bomb Scare last year and things. So there's an awful lot of legislation that's coming this year that we all have to abide by. It's going to make things very expensive. <laughs> um, but it, those kind of desktop planning exercises, how would you deal with this? How would you deal with that? Yeah. Are actually really, really important and really get you thinking. You know, what we do, what the Folk Festival does and what the Flower Show does is all very different. Um, but we're all bringing thousands of people into the town. And actually, we chat to the Flower Show on a regular basis about that kind of thing because we're both using the same space. Um, but yeah, we probably all ought to more, but we could always pick up the phone to each other. I think we've all had conversations where mm. I picked up the phone and go, who do you use? Or I've just had a quote of these people. They say they use you. What do you actually think to them? Do we recommend them to other people as well? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So we're, there's a massive network of kind of who uses who and that in the, in the events and festival nice. world. And, you know, there's, there's events which we have nothing to do with that are happening, which I would hope that those organisers would also pick up the phone. I saw Loopfest commented on your Facebook thing the other day and what they're doing is flipping awesome. Um, and I can't remember what his question was now, but it was that whole, you know, the amount of hours and love, blood, sweat, and he dreams. does it with next to nothing as well. He's got like yeah, absolute favors. That's what yeah. he does it on. <laughs> absolute favors, and you've got to have a lot of passion and dreams. What he did. That's how we started. Yeah, you know, that first year when I said, "Oh, I'm going to do Shrewsbury Food Festival." That sounds like a good idea. I had zero behind me. That was calling in any favor of people who have helped me out in the past and saying, "I'm going to do this festival. If it doesn't work, can you like not charge me?" <laughs> and things like that. Um, you know, you're, your eyelashes, please. Yeah, please help me. Um, and that is the way that the best events happen, really, because so many people are behind you. We've got so many volunteers now. And if I had to pay all of our volunteers minimum wage now, whatever that is, mm. um, the festivals could not happen. No. And you that 
the what they bring to the table is so much more than you could pay for as well because they bring passion and belief in you and they kind of keep you going so even if I decided I didn't want to do a festival I think the volunteers would probably bully me into it again because mm. they are also part of it's not just my business I think is what I'm saying a bit like Loopfest it's not just my business it's a whole town's business and I just happen to have my name on company's house <laughs> I think Jimmy would appreciate the, the, the kind comments you've made about Loopfest because it is, it is quite a cool Oh my God, he, he will be doing hours and hours of feet on the street, getting people involved and trying to work out a timetable like that for all those bands. I cannot imagine anything worse. He is like the, the physical embodiment of ADHD. Honestly, he's, he's brilliant. And he'll tell you that he's just so hyperactive. Uh, I remember I'll be like, I remember Loopfest. Like, I was like, right, Jimmy, I'm going to do an interview in five minutes. Okay, I've just got to finish doing this bit here. I turn around five minutes later he's putting up a tart like a, a, a shelter and I'll go over and I'm like you were supposed to do the interview and he drops it he's like yeah yeah okay I'm like, no 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 go and do your thing like, well it's interesting just- you say about the like, neurodiversity thing in event management I think is something that's becoming more at the forefront so I'm also you go ADHD and I think there's several event organisers so we went to Event Bars Live recently and it was one of the kind of segues that came off the back of that is the fact that there's neurodiversity within this as a a kind of a a career choice that you make where you have to do multiple things at the same time and you can get distracted and no one's going to abuse you (laughs) and that must be really hard for someone that's like a leader and your team's following where you go because you might be like i want to do this 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 and before you know you book too many things up and then things hey what you got 100 percent, it's a nightmare for my team i absolutely <laughs> love them for sticking by me um because i am hyper i will have restless legs i will distract them all i will come in with a stupid idea and expect them to deliver it in three weeks time um all of those things have happened more regularly than they should have done as a leader um and they always run with it and they have strong belief in what we can achieve together. But yeah, you're right. Working with someone who's got extra needs, I hate that as a, as a term, but I don't think they're extra needs. I think you have to use it as a superpower. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, spin it, spinning plates. And- yeah, spinning plates, but also your brain doesn't work the same way, as I've learned 46 <laughs> years old now. Definitely doesn't have the same brain as anybody else. But it means that you can be having a shower and you've built a whole event in your head as it because you can see it. And I think what what the reason why Jimmy, me, whoever is has it as superpower in events is because literally because you can visualize it in a 3D in your brain, you can make it happen. You're walking around it inside your head. Yeah. And then you can sell that dream to other people. I mean, yeah. like, he couldn't make up Loopfest. I mean, why? What sensible person would think, I know, I'll do this across <laughs> such a geographical area with so many moving parts. It's a flipping brilliant idea, but you're not going to get that from one of my, my events manager is she crosses T's, she dots I's, and she does all of the stupid things that I throw at her, and she's amazing at it, but she wouldn't do the stupid things that I do. That is what make people smile when they come onto an event. I did. I was very inappropriate with Jimmy the other day because he's got beardy man coming to the castle. He's one of my favourite people on the planet. I was like, dude, if you can get me an interview, interview with beardy man, I will have your babies. And he's just like, okay then, right, we'll sort that out. <laughs> there you go. I'm assuming you've got an interview with beardy man. <laughs> well, I did message him. I, I messaged. I took the preemptive. I was like, yo, beardy man, you're coming to Shrewsbury. You want to do a thing? He was like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just grab him on the day. He'll be yeah, fine. He's fantastic. If you don't know who Beardy Man is, he's the greatest beatboxer on the planet. He's like, he's fantastic. Google him, throw him on YouTube, sit back and just relax. Honestly, because the stuff he does is brilliant. What's the biggest coup you've ever sort of put together? The biggest 
sort of thing that you've put together you didn't realize you could ever do it you know the biggest guest you've had or the biggest thing you've put put together in numbers of people or no the things that you've shocked yourself you didn't think you'd ever get to that so like oh, you, you every know. event <laughs> um okay so the one that was the hardest and I was absolutely amazed we pulled it off as driving um I just have to <laughs> that was a hell of event because we weren't sure if we were legally allowed to do it and I went in one of those kind of crazy moments when COVID was quite in its forefront and I know COVID's so last few years isn't it we don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> but I went 4th of July in the movies everything's open on 4th of July we are going to have an event that day and we didn't know at this point that actually that would be the day that they said we were allowed to do it so I'd said it's okay because in the movies 4th of July Independence Day mm. that's, that'll be fine we're going to have our first event so we got all of our licenses and everything else sorted out by then the council came down on us like a ton of bricks and actually everything was fine in hindsight but looking around and I still hold by the fact that I reckon we were probably the biggest event in the world on that day because we'd had everything all of our ducks in a row ready to go for the biggest live performance which in hindsight should have been a driving cinema rather than a live performance um however we didn't know that at the time and um it was safe and everybody parted in their cars and we had 600 people enjoying themselves at a time when nobody could come out talk about innovation talk about innovation and something that's iconic as well what you did i mean like it was it was a one-off thing that you've done that i i I've, i don't think I'll, I'll never forget it. Honestly, it was such an amazing event. We, we did a, a YouTube video of it and it was just, just the, the imagery of it all. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, it's not our biggest event we've ever done, but it was the most hard to pull off from a physical and an unknown perspective. But it brought, it, it allowed me and my team to do what we like yeah. doing, which is deliver to people in a time when we couldn't go close to each other to deliver it. And it, yeah, it really pushed it for me in terms of imagination, um, making people come along on the journey with us when they didn't. And I'm trusting you as well. Yeah, and that was what so that was what was so hard. I'd ring up people and go, "We're gonna do this thing." They go, <laughs> "Are you mad? You're not allowed to do that." I'm like, "But I think by the fourth of July we will be allowed to do it. So just just do it." Because that was the COVID we came out just before we went back in again, right? That was the was that, was that no. Right? So it's the first ever time that you were able to come out. So if you think March twentieth was when we went into lockdown, yeah. and July was the one of the first times that you were allowed to have gatherings together, and um, it was very scary because these people were scared. So some of those people in that audience, we had to make them feel okay. We had to get radio licenses to play the music through car yeah, radios. We, did, we yeah. had to deliver car. We had to deliver food to your car and work with the um zoom foods guys to get those to so we could do the delivery straight to your car you know we were making things up as we went along and it worked and we built a stage that was like five meters in the sky so that you could see it from your car on with a scaffold company went along with us and you know all the people we were calling in favors for from it was nuts but it, when i kind of go i still look back and go one of my proudest moments but we've delivered things for way bigger audiences, harder audiences. I mean, it lost us money, so maybe that's the bit that wasn't successful. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I mean, most, I, don't know, I don't know. Can we look at iconic things and say not all of them are profitable, but they're there, they stand there in, yeah. in time? I mean, I remember that day, people sat on the roofs of their cars. Um, dancing. Dancing, and they were beeping their horns instead of, a, of clapping. It was really, really good. Yeah, it was ace. And our favourite one was still Abba in the Rain. Um, and again, 
pissing it down and um, we had people just dancing in a little square to the side of their car soaking wet because they were out and it was live entertainment and people like people and I think that's what really stuck with me during Covid you can have a cost of living crisis as we have at the moment what you can't cut back on is the fact that people need other people in their world to make them smile and mm. people are always need experiences if you're going to cut down on something don't buy so much rubbish in your shopping basket you know you don't need to buy that beer to drink stay off timu <laughs> yeah stay off timu don't buy plastic tats buy memories um you know you're helping a small business but you're not just helping me you're helping the guy you buy wall street kitchen who you buy the most fantastic burgers off you buy you buy a cake you buy some coffee that is much better value and your kids will remember those days out much better than they will remember the plastic tat that you bought them for the whatever exactly and you mentioned the cost of living um how are you guys going to are you guys, have you worked forecasted everything all right i mean like you mean you don't just put your finger up to the no. air and just kind what's of go it? what's it going to do which is um cost of like fuel alone exactly uh, for example it's it's been a bit scary so i say we drop kids first are we not going to do party at the park we're doing food festival and we are doing Oktoberfest as our big and flower fields um anything else is just too scary otherwise there might not be a shropshire festivals here yeah. next year no and that's kind of a genuine point really you know there's been a very scary moment when we were doing our budgeting for this year and we went we can't do this it literally doesn't wipe its face and it still literally doesn't wipe its face so we will see what happens this year and we've had some great support of sponsors people are buying tickets which is great but yeah i think from a cost of living crisis what people out there listening have to remember is that it's not just you who are having to cost spend more 25 percent is on average what our costs have gone up by. Yeah. Um, I cannot put my price up by 25% because you know what? Keyboard warriors abuse the hell out of me. <laughs> um, and I don't want to do that because also I've got a family and I know what it's like to go out for a day out. But you have to remember that if you're happy to pay for two hours entertainment at the cinema, then we're giving you a whole day's entertainment in a park. And actually, I will stand by the fact it's worth every single penny of what you pay to come in. With some of the greatest musical acts we've got in the county yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, and, I, you know, there's live entertainment. There's always free activities for children because I've got two kids and I know how expensive that can be. You can bring a picnic. You could have an amazing day out at the entertainment around every corner if that's what you choose to do. Or you can have a really good day out and make some amazing memories. I see lots of people do, like, work do's and they meet up at oh. places. And they, they, I mean, I remember the one year... Um, I was walking around a straw hat or something. I can't remember what I was doing, but um, I saw Helen and the girls from Lingen Davis. They'd just finished their bit on the, on the stalls that they'd been doing, and they were just having such a good time. And I saw people from Timmy's school, the moms together, and those good vibes. That's what it's for, and that's what you're protecting when, you, when you, you know, you're supporting something like Shropshire Festivals to go out there and do their thing. Is that the opportunity to go out there and do it? Because when it's not there anymore... You're going to miss it. You'll miss gonna, it. Like, and then you'll moan about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it, you know that you have to support local events on your doorstep and be that local shops, local food and drink, local businesses. The big boys are very good at having very small margins. Yeah. And I think it's a very scary world for all of us who are running a business. It'd be a lot easier to work for somebody else. Um, <laughs> always it's a lot easier to work for somebody else. But I just want to be able to deliver what we do and, you know, keep putting on fantastic things in, in the surrounding area. And... Shropshire festivals, we'll we'll ride it. Um, we'll move into other areas as well to keep paying the bills, um, and we'll do more corporate work, and that hopefully means that we can keep on doing the big festivals yeah. as well. So, do you take like commissions from sort of 
any sort of company that's listening yep anybody and anybody so if you want to have some corporate entertainment inside Oktoberfest or inside food festival and you want to bring so last year we had 600 people being entertained on the saturday at food festival that was all staff from a big local company and that is brilliant same thing happens at Oktoberfest. people come they make pizza they have beer test tastings they do gin tastings at Oktoberfest. we can basically create an event inside an event for staff or groups of friends or we've had 50th birthday parties that they want something a bit extra and they have basically a whole tp at Oktoberfest. i need you to you guys to think of some innovative and interesting ways i can do your events this year because I want to do something different because okay. you know I always set up with a microphone we get great interviews we do but I want to do something different outside the box you know what I mean with a biscuit I don't know what we could do but I want to do something fun and daring I don't know you're going to set yourself a load of challenges for the year that's what we could do like yeah. I was thinking set some proper missions I mean we did what did we do the uh, word up we played yeah. a, Sh- a Shrewsbury food festival that was fun um, me and Verity that was fun because she was so competitive she was like I'm going to destroy you I was like really let's go then and that was such a fun game I love you Verity if you're listening <laughs> hope you're well um, and you know it's n- never easy to do to get everything right um, and you, like I said you've, you're, you're, you're a veteran at this now you've been doing this for so long Um what we got to look forward to that's a little bit different this year oh food festival we're having a bit of a mix-up um and there's going to be a bit of a new layout um and we've got some amazing new producers coming in um there we're having some really good conversations at the moment and i'm trying to think food festival wise oh you put me on the spot now Uh, (laughs) i've got my computer next to me i can actually pull up my event management system um we've got some great bands let me do that let me pull up my system here yeah get off the uh, shoes with biscuit facebook page um, <laughs> and you know you talk about um, it's costs and things we interviewed Rob Gibson in episode one of this season amazing chef and we were talking about um, things like for food you know that, that are very very expensive it's really hard for people like chefs event organisers or, or, or event organisers um, people that work in transport for example to, to try and keep things um, you know profitable and you know at the same time keep everyone happy um, so I applaud you guys for making the changes that you've done because sometimes you've got this shifting cultivation, right? That's right. So yeah. you can see on there, so like if I look on my, my kids and other activities tab, you can see there's a lot that's been confirmed. Um, <laughs> so we've got um, Adcoat School involved, um, which again, I'm very grateful for, for the kids area. So the kids area, if you've never been before and you've got children, we have got, it's going to be bigger than it's ever been before. So quick roundup here on some things. So we've got the Wiggle stage in there, which is flipping amazing. Shout out to the guys at Wiggle. Oh my God. Get your Wiggle on. We went to go and see Six last night. It was was phenomenal. Honestly, we're a bit of a Six um, fan club in this house anyway, so I knew all the words. So I did get up and dance at the end and I probably embarrassed my son who sat (laughs) next to me. Um, So we've got massive inflatables. um, We've got scrappies and things doing crafts. We've got alpacas. We've got circuses. um, Telford Tigers, who we work with quite a bit, um, we're coming um we've we'll have things like fire engines that'll be there and pickleball and you can have a go at all of these things that you want to have a go at so the whole point is that with all of the events is that you can have a go at something that you've never done before and then you'll realize that actually you're going to be a future olympic pickleball uh, if that's even a thing um pickleball's massive now it's it's huge huge, and in the states it's massive and in shropshire it's massive and i think shropshire is the most popular pickleball county i saw faye is faye isn't it that runs the pickle is the name pickleball pickleball the lady i I saw the pickleball lady at my gym the other day fiona fiona 
sorry, Fiona, I've got your name wrong. But this thing, these things happen. Uh, I was chatting to her and she, I was like, oh man, I'd love to do that. Because I said to my colleagues, I, I am the best in this country at pickleball. I believe I am, you know. Probably in this room. No, <laughs> in this country. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I loved it. It was so fun when me and Verity were playing. I was like, we should do it at work, you know. So I was like, how much is it? And she's like, yeah, we told us the price. And I completely forgot about it. And I saw her like the weekend when it was like the day of pickleball. She looked at me and said, oh, you come. And I'd just finished a gym session. So I walked straight by. I was like, oh, you're right. But she had like so many people around her ready to go. It's massive. It's, it's huge. It's huge. And all the people playing it. So we are also dealing with shops tennis. They'll be there as well. And those guys get on really well. But I find pickleball way easier than tennis. Like there's no, I just, I can actually do it. It's good cardio. It's ninja cardio. <laughs> Don't realize mm. you're doing it. Yeah, I'm a walker. We've got, <laughs> <laughs> we've got some wicked bands um, li- lined up for food festival. Um, and so we've also got, did you know, have you spoken to Martin, town crier Martin, about how many years he's been town crying? Um, I would like to get him back on because last time we interviewed him, we were at the parade. Okay. Properly. I mean, we spoke to him when, with Maggie Love at one of one event. Um, but yeah. He's got big celebrations this June. So that's going to coincide with the food festival. Mm. So I am just at the moment, we're just doing a big cutout of Martin at full height um, for a project that Katie Rink's going to be doing in the, um, in the museum that's going to coincide with food festival as well. So there's some things happening in town too that probably we shouldn't be involved with, but we always end up being involved with. Going back to your previous conversation is that I quite like knowing all the things that are happening and being involved with in town. Um, but just looking on there, so we're going to be doing, hopefully doing some stuff with Martin as well, town crier at the food festival to celebrate his big year that he's got coming up. Talk about icons. He's, he's a big one, isn't he? He's oh, there's literally. literally. Yeah. <laughs> quite cool. The dirty rocking scoundrels, I'm glad to see them, but they're, they're back. They're, yeah, they're, so I think yeah. it wouldn't really be a festival. It'd be weird not having them at something now to roll in um, across the... Shirish Rovers as well. Yeah, um, they're cool. And we've got um, a One Accord, who are a massive mixed voice choir as well, that are going to be there on a Sunday morning. And um, those guys are made up of some of our volunteers as well in that kind of weird overlap of worlds. One of the best bands you ever had was at Oktoberfest. They were the Shanty Pirate-y, what they, what yeah, they called? Yeah, Asparagus and the Kilburn Habit. They might be coming back. They were for not. Like from, they're, they're from Cornwall. Or the, where no, are they no, from? they're from Cheshire. So I met those guys years ago when I was running Ludlow Food Festival and they were playing on the square. I, I happened, I go past them and I like double back on myself and I was like, they are amazing. Incredible. So I dragged them into the castle at that time. And since then, so what in my time at Ludlow, they managed to propose, um, conceive babies and all sorts at Ludlow Food Festival so um, they have a brilliant relationship with our county and they've played several of our festivals and so hopefully back at Oktoberfest I remember I was coming towards the end of the night I was like oh just winding up and I had my camera with me and I walked into where they were playing and I thought it was a stand-up comedy they moved to the stand-up comedy stage and I was like oh let's get some stand-up comedy and I walked it was like walking into a different universe honestly it was like everybody was dancing and spinning around and oh those guys yeah they were fantastic different people yeah they're they're yeah talking cross purposes there both bands are brilliant yeah (laughs) but what I'm saying is like the sea shanty guys yeah the sea shanty guys yeah 
But yeah, the amazing band that you guys bring. How do you keep it like fresh? And do you get people come to you, or do you go out scouting bands? So I don't do it because I don't have enough knowledge of music. <laughs> so this is where Loop Fest guys will have one up on me. So we've got one of our team who is completely that's his job. Um, and it's finding wow. bands. He does it, obviously, other things for a day job. Um, and we basically pay him to look after that side of it for us because I don't have enough knowledge. And he's working locally with local bands all of the time. I want to get paid to go to gigs. That's amazing. Yeah, but we have to make sure that they're the right vibe for us. I'm not going to enough gigs. I'm not cool enough for this. Um, I If we had just what music I would like at both festivals, nobody else would probably come because I'm into cheese. Um, so <laughs> I think probably it's more sensible that we leave Craig to do what Craig does. Um, and we get so many bands that want to come and play. I would just say yes to them all because to me they all sound, and they are amazing. You know, several of them have pa- played before and we need to mix it up a bit and we need to keep it fresh. Otherwise people won't keep coming. Oh, I'm glad I asked that because I was thinking that in the car on the way up here. I was thinking, I wonder how they get the bands to, to the play. Did they... Yeah. Write in or do you... Yeah. Oh, we no, have so many people who want to come and play. And I would honestly, you know, that's probably why you get an event like Loopfest because it gives you the opportunity to say yes to just about everybody because mm. you want them all to be there because we are so blessed in this county with the amazing music that we have. But a musical ear is not something I have. I have a great imagination and I have a tone deaf to me and if anyone ever spends any time on dance floor I apologise um, with me because I sing at the top of my voice I sound great in the shower um, <laughs> so if we go back to what we've got at Food Fest we, we do a huge field fork area now I'm, my background is agriculture so lots of people won't know that I actually did agriculture with marketing at university and so it's quite important to me that we show people where their food and drink comes from yeah, in this county um, and talk about things that don't make us any money and this is one of them um <laughs> we work with the guys over at oatley and they bring their cows and their pigs and we'll have loads of vintage tractors we've got the sustaining shropshire guys from harper adams we work quite closely with harper on quite a lot of things we'll have bees we've got the educating out the educating kids outdoors people who'll be doing like den building and stuff is it related to food and drink yeah it really is um people will sometimes say to me oh you've got bits that aren't no they really are if you don't know where your food comes from, then you don't know the reason why you should be buying it mm. locally. And if you just think I'm a meat eater or I'm a plant-based eater, then it's still really important to be buying that food correctly and having a really good understanding about why it's grown and produced how it is. That field fork area last year blew my mind. We were talking about the drones and stuff yep. that they use in farms. I was like, what? The size of the drones that they use on farms and stuff is incredible. Well, at Petal Fields, that whole Petal Fields was planted by robots. Wow. So it didn't have a single tractor on the ground. And this year, we'll be doing exactly the same again. So it's, it's drilled, so planted um, and weeded. So it has a little weeding arm that in between each plant, kind of frump, 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 in between every single plant because it's, each plant is GPS located. Um, so it knows where every single one is in the field. And so it scuffles in between to kill the weeds. And so no spray, you know, it is completely brilliant, but people don't have that understanding from an agricultural I want to do something about that. I want to, I want to like, you should come take and a see camera. It. I want to take a camera. I want to, I want to see this thing happening. I'm like, Amazing. I'm hooked now. Yeah, it is I'm phenomenal. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's our field fork area, which for me is quite a, quite a, it's good for the kids as well to understand, you know. But not just the kids. There's an awful lot of adults yeah, out there right, who yeah. don't actually understand what the difference is between wheat, barley, oats. Like, I'm not going to give you a quiz now, but do you know what foods they all go into? Like, I know that every time we have these conversations in the office, my guys are like, uh, haze grass, isn't it? 
and straw is wheat. I'm like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> so if they get it wrong, they get told off. <laughs> so it is those things are quite important. Um, we're pulling together chef demos at the moment um, as we as we talk, um, and we've got lots of discussions happening with we're doing an outdoor living area this year so we'll be doing um anyone who's ever seen a big green egg cooking um the guys from continental fireplaces will be doing quite a lot of demos on big green eggs big green eggs barbecues Ah. so yeah i've just seen your son run behind you yeah (laughs) (laughs) timmy's here having a play date that's what i'm here to pick him up and we'll do an interview while we're here yeah um so yeah there's um there's there's some cool things happening with things like that so it will look a little bit different for people this year and we've got people like monks estate agents who have sponsored us for about 10 years now and this year when we were talking about six the musical they're bringing their giant thrones because they are the best seat in the house and they always sponsor our toilets yes so you will be able to sit on a throne literally um this year and do some fun stuff so there's some random things that will be happening across site um I got some questions as well, actually. Yep. Just remembered I put a thing out on Facebook the other day. Um, let me have a look. I think we've got a couple of questions. Okay, here we go. No internet. I turned my phone onto airplane mode, didn't I? Because I'm a boss. Um, that's why. <laughs> right, let's have a look. Right, so I did get some questions. I wrote some. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? Right, so I asked people to ask you questions. So I thought okay. we can get a few. Uh, one is from Sarah Appleby. Um, She's great. I love her. Um, she put, what's the hardest thing about organising big events? Sleeping. Sleeping. Any time near them. Um, I think it's juggling all of the balls when you're getting closer to the event because it is very, very overwhelmed time, especially when we're in the middle of festival season. So we might be coming up to food festival and you would think that would be the only thing in my mind. But I know we've also got an event the week before and two weeks two events the week after so people will only see us on the food festival event but we'll still be having emails and whatever else coming in while we're on that site um for the event that's the week after that's the most important thing for those people whereas we're in the middle of running a huge event um and people how do you get all your equipment to last like pegs and tents and things because you know it's like taking a tent down sometimes it's like well that's lived its last life never going up again like uh, um, we hire a lot of stuff in. So when yeah. we talk about the huge costs that we have, we spend over 150000 on infrastructure for most of our big oh. festivals. Um, and so those things are hired in. So those become not our it's problem. A big price tag, isn't Yeah. It? She also asks, how far in advance do you have to start planning an event? This is something we ask every time we chat. Yeah. Um, it depends on which event it is. So for the big festivals like Food Festival and Oktoberfest, it's a year. So as soon as the event's over, we've started already on an event site the most important thing you can do as an event organizer is walk around and criticize the heck out of yourself (laughs) why didn't we do that better why didn't we do that so once we come back into the office after an event we are writing notes up saying we didn't do that bit right but once again you're this is where your experience pays in because you've done this time and time again multiple times a year you know yeah and the final watch you get three questions come on sarah geez but i'll I'll ask it okay it says uh, (laughs) how do you calculate how many toilets you need a butt to toilet ratio (laughs) butt to toilet ratio didn't do it right the first people who ever came to my first Oktoberfest and my first food festival i've heard lots since then um there is ratios you can do and a lot of it's experience um, and it depends on what event you got. I'm not giving you a very solid answer there. And it depends what type of toilet it is. If it's a um, TARDIS-type toilet, you need less of those per person than you do for VIP toilet. So if you've got a corporate do, 
um, you need more toilets because the, it's condensed into fewer hours. So but is it your offence? I, I realised they do portable urinals. I was like, what? Is, what? Yeah. Yeah. Hell, oh, wow. If you can get boys out of a portaloo toilet queue, <laughs> you can speed things up no end. Boys pee fast. Yeah. And they don't yeah, need no. all the facilities that a girl needs. I'm not sold on she-wees, I have to be said. These yeah. ones where girls go in as, as urinals. I don't think Shropshire's ready for And there's communal, um, there's, have you, they put one in the middle of Wrexham. It was just like a, a, a urinal, but it was like four-sided one. Yeah. Where people can, you can like standing in the face of someone like, while well, you pee it now. No. Yeah. There's lots of things that if, again, if we wouldn't be interested in them, then there won't be at my festivals. <laughs> Uh, Mark Fielding does ask as a planner of an event of a much smaller scale it takes me months to organise and he did say I'm interested to know how far in advance you plan we've just asked that but um, he it says does, it does vary because Mark's doing different kind of events from us so I'd say an indoor event takes a lot less planning than an outdoor event Yeah. so we're doing awards things ceremonies and things for people and we won't be doing masses of organization until we get much closer to those type of event because you haven't got all the variables if you've got a real building like with walls and roof and everything like a pub or a, yeah or or a, you know even if it's for three four five hundred people at the um the tic then you you don't need to worry as much the outdoor events because they've got all of the movable aspects like weather and f- like the grass on the floor and it could be mud yeah and you're having to park cars and things on grass, you have to put, you have to organise each of the scenarios. A contingency. Then, yeah, or... and then drop the things that don't matter as much. Oh. So I would say that indoor events take a lot less time than outdoor events. He adds, um, it seems almost as if one event has finished, then tickets are available for the next year, yep. which means the venue has already been booked in advance. Yep. And she, he says, uh, keep being awesome, Beth. You bring uh, such quality to our town county uh and you are a breath of fresh air yeah thanks thanks mark (laughs) (laughs) um i'm not done with the questions yet i'm very sorry we're gonna end up with uh our favorite game this season which is wait it's random in it yeah Every single guest has been through this. This is a random minute. I found a, a, a website called teambuilding.com. Okay. And they have a, render, a random question generator. Go on. Button, Go. Right, so we're going to do a minute. Uh, Does that mean I have to give sharp, sharp answers? Have you got a stopwatch on your phone? How is yeah. this, people? So have I got to give sharp, sharp answers? Yeah, get as random. many as you can. And some of these are really random. Right. So, and this, it gets repetitive as well. So we'll start it as soon as... Oh, yeah. We'll start it as soon as I... F- so... What book are you currently reading? Here we go. Um, I'm podcasting at the moment. Oh my God, what book am I reading? I don't know, because I read about four a week and I just do whatever's on free on my Kindle. <laughs> uh, do you work better at home uh, with background... Or do you work better at home with background noise? Yes. Yes. Are you, an, are you artistic? No. No? If you won the lottery and you had to spend the money on yourself, what would you spend it on? Um, the people in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> do you have uh, lunch at home or head out to grab something to eat i live off sugar <laughs> not proper meals where do you spend most of your day um on my backside in my office <laughs> uh what are your favorite pizza toppings sweet corn peas 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 on a, frozen peas on a pizza are the best what okay uh, yeah i need to go to effie's <laughs> uh, what kind of artwork do you hang in your office uh, pictures of my fans and family uh, if you created a photo calendar, what photo would you put for November? Oh, 
Rain. Rain. Nice. There we go. Done. It's <laughs> a really rubbish picture for November, though, isn't it? Rain. No, I quite like rain. I don't know. My daughter, because it's her birthday, I suppose. Well, that was. <laughs> Sorry. That was great. It's random, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, that was random, innit? No, I love rain. I, I fall asleep to rain. I put it on my phone. Yeah. I think rain's important. <laughs> Makes the yeah. flowers grow, right? Well, this time of year, I was just saying to someone the other day, I'm actually truly excited. You know when you get excited belly feeling? Yeah. I, I get that. Butterfly. When I start seeing um, the green bit come in the bare hedges as you're driving along, and it means that spring's coming. And I A blossom in the trees. Yeah, I'm just like, literally... It's nearly here. It's been warm today. I stepped out to take the rubbish out earlier. I was like, oh, on the back of my shoulders, a bit of sun. I was like, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Do thrive. It means it's nearly event season. And we got our first eggs this morning off our chickens. Nice. Hey. Yeah. yeah. The seasons are changing for the best. I love it. Yeah. Well, Beth, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank um, you, and thank you for having Timmy today for Sorry. his play date. I, I haven't actually seen him. I hope he's been behaved. <laughs> Yeah, they've just been feral. That's what nine-year-old boys should do. Out you go, do your yeah. thing. Um, and uh, best of luck this year. Um, we'll be, I'll be with you wherever you want me to be. Uh, microphones, cameras. Um, and if you want people to go and buy tickets for events, where do they go? Um, so you might as well just go to shropshirefestivals.co.uk. You can be bookmarked from there on the websites. But Shrewsbury Food Festival, 29th and 30th of June. Um, Shropshire Oktoberfest is the 4th and 5th of October. And Shropshire Petalfields is probably... Um, last week of July, first week of August, but we don't know that until we see what spring brings from a weather perspective to see when the flowers come up. And there's business festivals as well. Oh, yeah, good point. Thanks a lot for that. Um, 11th of April at Reeking College. Tickets are free. Um, if you are in business, have a job, which is most of us, um, then you should be there. It's an amazing networking and just being a little bit different from a business perspective. There's acts throwing and there's over 60 stands now that'll be there and it's bigger than last year and it's epic. I want to come this year. The clouds have never aligned properly for me to come. So I want to go, I'm booking a day off work and come in. Yeah, it should come as a work thing. It's, um, I think whatever type of business you're in, um, I think you'll get inspired. We've got silent seminars this year, which are basically a seminar space where you put silent disco headsets on. And so you'll be able to listen to two different seminars happening at the same time. So it's not just for like startup businesses. It's, oh, no, for, it's for like everyone that has a job, basically. Anybody and everybody that has a job that wants to be inspired by people or find something new out or have a go axe throwing or um go on vr headsets or it's basically a networking space that's got inspi- inspiring talks we've got a whole cyber security zone as well this year um it is completely and utterly as you say if you work if you have a job if you are starting a business if you're thinking about selling a business if you're in the middle of your business growth strategy all of those things are covered um so if you think about shropshire and so that part of the day is for tourism and hospitality businesses. So that's two hours where we're completely on those. And then business, which will run two till about, I don't know, six o'clock. And then festival, a couple of hours of networking as well in there. I think you, that's what covers it. It's completely and absolutely everybody. Well, great networking opportunity. I'm going to be there. Right. Wonderful. Well, Beth, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
Well, whether you are just going into the events industry, whether you're a veteran like Beth, or whether you are just interested in business, or just wanted to know what goes on behind the curtains at an, at an event like um, something like Shrewsbury Food Festival or Oktoberfest, now you know. It's so great being able to sit with someone and just discuss these kind of things because I think they're so important, you know. I do like to switch off sometimes, go to an event, go to a theme park, go to a theatre, whatever, and just not even care about how things work. Sometimes it's great to just switch off and be present in the moment. I think that's really, really important. When we used to go to, uh, when I used to um, work at Shrewsbury Prison, and we used to do the escape rooms and um, prison break and all these kind of things, the people that really immersed themselves into into the scenario had the best time, and we'd always love those people more. So it is important to switch off, but at the same time, there's always those those few a bit like me. It's a bit curious as to how does this thing happen? How does one make it safe for tens of thousands of people to walk through the quarry, which is you know it's just usually a a park where people walk the dog for a frisbee or go out and play with the kids. You know what I mean? Like it's just fascinating how these things happen, and um, there's no one better than Beth to be able to tell that story. So um, that was really really good. Uh, make sure you do go and have a look at uh, the social media for. Um, Shropshire Festivals on Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you want to book some tickets, have a look online. Uh, and if you've never been to an event and you, you know, you're kind of like on the fence, I don't really fancy it. Give it a go. You know, you got to do these things while we can. Uh, we had these things taken away from us during the pandemic. I'm not saying a pandemic's going to happen, but it is possible to not be able to go to things like this. And it's always when we can't go that we really wish we could have, you know? So that's my bit of advice for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate every single one of you. The listenership has gone through the roof since we've returned. And I cannot, honestly... It's so heartwarming to, to think that we've got listeners all around the world listening to this show. So thank you to every single one of you. If this is your first time listening to the show, give us a follow on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're doing a bit more on TikTok at the moment, which is quite cool. I'm trying to throw a few things up there. I kind of like doing stuff like that. So on TikTok too. Twitter, there's no point in following us. I don't really do anything on there. I don't really engage. Twitter's a bit of a, a bit of a, I'm not really get on with it. But yeah. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, give us a follow. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you guys next time for episode eight of Season Alpha. Peace out.